Honey, I make my money on tips. Coffee drinkers don't tip. Honey, just keep the coffee coming or I'll give you a tip you won't forget. members i'm kate and if you hear a pack of dogs in this podcast it's because my entire family's 18 dogs are roaming around the house as i record and i'm chris and i recently spent the day with a flock of entirely gay sheep and welcome back to this weekly meeting of the nightlight horror movie club we review a different horror movie each week and we discuss the story the production reception and relevance in pop culture yep and in doing so um if you've listen to previous podcasts you already know this but we're gonna spoil everything we're gonna spoil the ending and every little bit about this movie so if you want if it's something that you want to see before listening we recommend doing that first but if you're one of those people who just likes to hear about horror films but not actually Mm -hmm. be scared by them then feel free to continue on so today we're going to be talking about drag me to hell i'm Mm. not sure where you can stream it i had to rent it but if you guys want to go check that out that movie is pretty much It's a Sam Raimi horror film. It's kind of like a horror comedy. So if that's your thing. Yeah. Which it might be because that might be why you clicked on this. (laughs) And we'll talk about whether or not it is a funny movie or not. (laughs) It is. Okay. Um, So like like Kate just said, we're talking about um, Drag Me to Hell, which is um, one of the movies of apparently horror icon Sam Raimi. who Absolutely. A name you should know. Who I did not know. Apparently he did the Spider-Man movies, though. So I know his work. That's not, I mean, okay, well, I'm glad you, <laughs> I'm glad you know the Spider-Man movies. Yes, like everyone else, but I did not know about this man or any of his other films. Apparently he did Evil Dead, with like, which I get the feeling that Kate likes, but. Yes, so Sam Raimi did all of the Evil Dead series, which is pretty much worshipped, um, but he does have a really wide range. Like you said, he did Spider-Man, and he mm-hmm. also did. A Simple Plan, which is a really celebrated crime thriller, and For the Love of the Game, which is a romantic drama. Love it. Love it. And he's also, of course, done horror movies. He's known for horror movies. So he did The Grudge, and he did Don't Breathe, which was a movie that came out recently. Okay. I know The Grudge. I've heard that. Yeah. It's like the, it's like the girl that's crawling it. around on the ground. Um, I think you're the thinking ring? of The Ring. Yeah. <laughs> I, think you're, I think you're mixing The Grudge with The Ring, which is perfect. Oh, my gosh. Have you seen the Evil Dead movies? No, I know. Well, Obviously well, like, not. But there's some. So like, there's the old ones, and then there's like the new one. Have you seen new? No. One? <laughs> I just have to ask. <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know why. One of these asked. days, you're gonna have. You're like, oh yes, I blocked that out. But since you said the words, you triggered the repressed memories of all the Evil Dead <laughs> series I watched. Yeah, back when I was like obsessed with it when I was like seven. <laughs> no, I will let you all know when I've seen the horror movie already, and it is yet to have happened. It is either the one we are currently talking about or it's the Babadook. Which I, I haven't actually seen End the Babadook. You know that, right? You watched it with me. No, I've only seen I only saw parts of it and I got scared and I left. I know. And then I had to walk you to the laundry bin every time that you had to go do your laundry. Downstairs. Oh, okay. Okay. But so everyone was afraid of the laundry in that house. It was I mean, so scary. It was down it was that a- hallway and then the lights didn't always turn on. And there was that weird antechamber thing like between their disgusting workout room and the room with the laundry in it. I it hope there's some scary. Cornell Zeta size listening to this. Guys, your frat house is gross and haunted. It is haunted and <laughs> also haunted. disgusting. Everything's sticky and I don't why is everything sticky? There the is walls. a hole. <laughs> there was a hole in one of the windows 
that squirrels came in. (laughs) But also, thank you for for letting us live in your home. It was very nice. Yeah, thank you. That was definitely your decision as frat bros (laughs) to let us let these nerds come from all over and sleep there. We're getting sidetracked. But yes, Anyways. I thought I thought you had watched the full Babadook, but I think that I was just watching it alone and you came downstairs and we're like, what's that? Yeah, like, that's exactly down, what Chris, happened. And you're seat. like, this is um, New Zealand's cinematic representation of a woman and child's depression. I was like, okay, cool. Bye. Okay. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. right. <laughs> like, oh, depression. That sounds fascinating. And I'm like, and there might be a demon. <laughs> and then I left. Like, okay, thanks. Yeah, no. I think you were showing Carol in it or something. I, yeah, that's right. That's true. Yeah. So. So, this, but drag me to hell. Today's you haven't topic seen of that, conversation. Obviously, before today or whatever. Yeah, I've obviously never seen it. Obviously not. So Sam Raimi, he obviously did this movie, but he also wrote it with his brother Ivan. Ivan, and so they wanted to do this one different because he hadn't done horror movies pretty much since I guess The Evil Dead and The Grudge and stuff. And so he had been doing the Spider-Man series, and this was like his comeback horror movie. Right, right. And but he wanted he had, it. He had written this when he was doing Evil Dead, right? And then he just never... I think he wrote it when he was doing Spider-Man. Oh, I had read that he wrote it immediately after doing Evil Dead. And then they never did anything. And then he got distracted with Spider-Man for like an entire decade. Oh, yeah. Distracted with that multi-billion dollar trilogy <laughs> he got to do. <laughs> well, that, Join that us makes on sense. our Spider-Man podcast <laughs> where we decide which Spider-Man trilogy is the real Spider-Man trilogy. Um, the original trilogy is a real trilogy, but Spider-Man Homecoming is the best Spider-Man. Interesting opinion. And the Andrew Garfield one are, is garbage, and I pretend it didn't happen. Oh, see, I don't mind the Andrew Garfield ones. I like That's them. just because it has Andrew Garfield in it. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> and Emma Stone, so, though, right? She's in those ones, too, right? Oh, yeah. Yes. Or am Emma I just Stone making that up? I don't know. I, I ma- It's all just one big amalgam of, like, James Franco mm-hmm. and... Doc Ock, they're all in the same Spider-Man movie, if you ask me. Yeah. But th- we're not talking about Spider-Man today. We are getting distracted. <laughs> so today we're talking about Drag Me to Hell. And so this, like I was saying, is Sam Raimi's callback to horror, which apparently he was writing way back in the day when he did Evil Dead. And he and his brother wanted to do something different with this. So I don't... Okay, you haven't seen the Evil Dead movies, but they are very <laughs> gore-heavy. Okay. Like buckets. Like buckets, like think that scene from Nightmare on Elm Street. Yes, but the whole movie. Oh my gosh, it's like that. That's a bit much. They wanted to do a, a horror movie, but they didn't want to do exactly what was expected of them. So they wanted to do something that wasn't driven by gore. And so, as we find out, um, this is more driven by just disgusting slapstick comedy. Yeah, I, mean, I agree. There isn't a lot of gore in this movie, but there is a lot of disgusting stuff. Oh, it's gross. Like it's still the same visceral reaction. I feel. I don't know if my tone conveyed this appropriately. I am very appreciative that it is driven by gross slapstick comedy. So the actors in this movie, we obviously we have Justin Long, who is incredible. Who I who I know. I, I love him. I Oh, I, for a second, I thought you meant like you guys are friends. Yeah. No, we know each other. We went to the same high school. No, you didn't, Chris. No, obviously we didn't, Kate. <laughs> oh, my God. So Justin Long is obviously in this movie, and we love Justin Long. There's also Allison Lohman, who plays... Oh, God, what's her name? No, what's her name? Christine. Christine, yeah. The main character in this movie. I watched this movie. <laughs> it's Christine. And did she... You? I promise I did. <laughs> and she was that beautiful girl from Big Fish, which 
you've seen have not seen that no i can't say okay have you seen movies do you watch movies (laughs) (laughs) not very often you'll find yes okay well allison loman is our main character i think she's absolutely phenomenal but i was reading somewhere that she wasn't the original choice. They had some other choices. Yeah, no. They actually hired Ellen Page to play the role. Like they hired her? Like she was selected? Yeah, no. Like she was cast as the role. Wow. And then she backed out. Um, and there's two different rumors out there. One is that she backed out because of the writer's strike that was going on at the same time. Mm-hmm. And the other one is that she backed out just to star and Whip It. And she did Poor star choice. and Whip It. So Poor I choice. don't know. <laughs> So I don't know which one's officially true, but... I'm not upset that Ellen Page wasn't cast in this. I think she would have been great. She would have been great, yeah. I think, But she's great in everything she does. But I think Alison Lohman did a really awesome job. Oh, yeah. No, I think she did really really well. But Alison definitely isn't my favorite actor. Do you know who my favorite actor is? No. It's obviously the witch, the gypsy lady. Oh, in the... I thought you meant in general... No, in the movie. I was like, why would I know who your favorite actor is? I don't even know what movies are. (laughs) So I don't know if you had read this because I know you do research before the podcast like me, but Lorna Raver, who plays the the Hungarian woman who gets her house taken and curses buttons. Right. She auditioned, obviously. Yes, the button cursor. She auditioned like regular audition and read read part of the scene, but she read that scene in the bank and then she got called... She got cast, and she was like, oh, cool. So, like, I guess I should read the full script now. And <gasps> she read it. <laughs> and she read it, and she's like, oh, God. Because she thought that <laughs> all she had read was that there was, like, this little old lady who comes into a bank because they're trying the bank's trying to close down her house. And then later she read the whole script, and she's like, oh. Oh. Okay. I'm evil. <laughs> oh. I do a lot of gross stuff. And she's like, Cool. And she just jumped into it. And I don't, there's some like behind the scenes stuff that you can look up online. And there's a lot of interviews with Lorna Raver. And she's the cutest little old lady I've ever seen in my life. Mm -hmm. She's just precious. Well, and she apparently did a lot for molding what her role ended up being, which I really, really appreciate. Like she got um, a dialect instructor to help her with the accent. Um, And then there's quite a few scenes that were written in English. And she actually advocated for them to be converted or translated over into Hungarian. Like, for example, the scene where she curses the button and like it's that the whole ritual thing where she curses Christine, that was all supposed to be in English. And then she's like, no, this needs to be in Hungarian. That would have lost so much if it was in English. Oh, my gosh. I so agree. It would have lost so much. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yay, Lorna. Lorna rules. She's awesome. And the budget for this movie, she's awesome. The budget for this movie was hefty. It was $30 million. Which makes sense to me because it's very CGI heavy. It does have a lot of CGI. I mean, it did come out in that time when sort of every movie was CGI, right? Yeah. But it wasn't that bad. I feel like they definitely um, toned down compared to a lot of the other movies that came out around the same time. Like they still used puppets and they still did a lot of like... um... Practical effects. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) the CGI that they did use is ridiculous. Which is fine. But I appreciate it for that fact, actually. Yeah, I appreciate it. And this movie did... It did pretty well monetarily it made 91 million in the box office but it apparently killed critically yeah which was shocking for me because this doesn't seem like a movie that people would agree on no yeah no critics sort of loved this movie and so do audiences actually obviously imbd had a seven everything has a seven (laughs) everything gets a seven it means nothing um but um, the no i think the the 
all the all the critics that I read, most the vast majority of them really, really liked it, which I'm kind of surprised by. I know. It seems like that kind of movie that like five weirdos like in worship. Yeah. But also just like there's like this is not the big this is not one of the big name horror films that we've covered so far. No, no one really talks about this. No one mentions this. Right. And so it's just surprising that like it has such good reviews. It's just quietly beloved by all. Like I expected it to have like garbage reviews and that's why I hadn't heard of it. Instead, it's just like all these critics are like, yeah, this movie's dank. And everyone's like, what? What movie? It's like a cult following, but that everyone loves. It's a cult following with actually strong reception. Right. And then they're like, oh, here's a big like multi-million dollar horror film. And critics are like, yeah, maybe. (laughs) It's okay. I think in no small part critical. I'm not going to say the reception was because of Sam Raimi being Sam Raimi. But I think that people went into it at least moderately prepared for what they were going to see. You know, like. And based on based on the reviews that I read, I feel like a lot of them had a mm -hmm. a lot of nostalgia for Evil Dead. Yes. Because essentially all of them mentioned it. I think that there there was already an appreciation for that kind of horror right which i think that if this movie came out before evil dead yeah i don't know that if it i don't know i don't i don't think people would have understood it i mean that said though there were at least there were a number of critics though that like really sort of ripped this movie apart they didn't necessarily give it bad reviews like they most of them still give it good reviews but some of them had some interesting interpretations of it is it the austin chronicle because i swear to god (laughs) yeah The Austin Chronicle. No, I don't actually remember what the Austin Chronicle wrote. I probably did read their review, but... Okay, I can only send them so many more angry letters. (laughs) I know, they make me so mad. Yeah, Austin Chronicle, if you're listening, all those bags of dog feces that keep getting mailed to your door, that's Kate. We hate you. All those ding-dong ditches, it was me. (laughs) Let it be known. (laughs) Let it be known. (laughs) I think I got my message across. Quite a few critics, though, interpreted this movie as sort of... um, I guess they gave some backlash in saying that it was sort of a, a sexist, like, cautionary tale. That the movie's sexist? The story, I think. So, also, okay, so, like, basically, like, there was a fair amount of backlash from at least um, a number of critics who were saying that it's sort of a sexist, cautionary tale to women to not be overly ambitious in the workplace. Because, generally, the storyline is basically about, you know, a woman who's trying to get ahead at work, who makes one selfish decision to promote herself in her career and she gets condemned to hell for it. Okay. So. Okay. Yeah. So I can see how someone could say that. I don't agree at all. I think that's dumb. Okay. So. Why not? Saying that the story has truthful elements of sexism in the workplace is one thing. So like saying, oh my God, she's treated not the same as her male counterpart in this movie because she's a woman, which is 100% true because Stu is a mm-hmm. flaming pile of garbage. He sucks. And so is the boss. Stu is garbage. And so is the boss, whatever his name is. I don't remember. But he, they are both very sexist they're, individuals. They're terrible people. And so I can see someone watching this and be like, wow, like that's uncool. Like that's obviously because of her like sex. Like that's not cool. And she's not being treated equally. That I can see as sexist. Saying it's a cautionary tale like as if Sam Raimi was like writing this and being like, "Oh, we, you know, you know what? I want this to be about. I want to warn women to not f- try to fucking take our jobs, <laughs> or they'll get what's coming to them." I mean, I don't think they're saying that it was intentionally written that way, but and and I and I agree. Like, I don't think having sexism in the movie is what makes it. Is I don't think that's what they're talking about. Like, they're not talking about Stu and the boss being sexist towards her because that's not. 
that's not the story being sexist. The part of the story that is sexist is the idea that the only reason she ends up getting condemned to hell is because she makes this one decision to promote herself in her career over a man, right? But that's not true, though. I mean, it kind of is, though. That witch lady would have cursed Stu to a million pieces. Probably worse, because if she had walked up to Stu's desk... That's true, but the movie wasn't about Stu. Yeah, the movie wasn't about Stu, but if you want to say that it's about... that they made the movie about Christine specifically so that they could tell this tale of sexism and being attacked based on one decision in work and like going to hell for it. If you want to follow that, couldn't you argue Mm -hmm. that it's Sam Raimi saying, wow, women deal with some bullshit at work. Let's make it into this huge allegory and go with it. I mean, it's, I I can see, I can see where you're coming from there, but again, I don't think there's, they're saying that it was written with the intention of being sexist. They're just saying that it becomes a sexist story because all she does is try to promote herself in her career and then, is condemned to hell for it you know so they have a they have a problem with it like that's like a like no one people yes because like they're not and they're not saying that like it was written with like the intention like they're not saying that the writers are consciously trying to like tell women to not try to promote themselves in their career they're just saying that the story is about a woman who tries to promote herself in in her career and then literally gets dragged into hell because of that right fun fact i'm a woman (laughs) and i'm in i'm a woman in the workplace Whenever I was watching this movie, I was super excited to see the main character, one, be a woman, because how many main characters in movies, not just horror movies, but movies, period, are strong women. Mm-hmm. But to see a woman. And she is like, she's a strong woman. Like, she's a good main character. Yes. And she handles her shit. But I also, I specifically liked having characters like Stu and whatever that boss guy was, because it's showing people and, it, and it's making me feel represented as a woman in the workplace. Like, yeah, look at all this shit we have to deal with. So if and, and other movies don't even do that. They're like mm-hmm. writers and directors out in Hollywood are male and it comes across in their stories when their stories are centered right. on men and men's problems. So I specifically thought this was mm-hmm. a progressive movie because I got to see the female's role. I mean, I don't know if I'd go so far as to say that this movie is progressive. <laughs> I thought I thought it was really progressive. I don't know. I don't know how much this movie was as a social commentary, but I uh, okay. I would um you've seen a you've seen a lot of horror movies at this point. How many movies have we seen where the main character is a woman mm. and handles the shit by herself? I mean, sure, but also the only horror film horror movies I've seen are like the seven that we've covered in this podcast. Yeah, but still, that that's pretty. Rep- it's been a pretty representative sample. We've been picking pretty random movies. You may have only seen like seven movies. I've seen more than seven movies, more than seven horror movies, and this movie stood out mm-hmm. to me as being a progressive movie. Okay, I mean, I li- I'm not saying that you're wrong. I'm just saying that like I can see both perspectives here. Like I can see why people are interpreting it as a sexist cautionary tale. And I see your point, too. Like, interpreting it as a tale of sexism, that I can agree with. Calling the movie sexist, I don't agree with. And I kind of feel like that's what the review is saying, if I'm understanding correctly. I mean, they're saying, yeah. And and I mean, I don't know. I, I definitely see where they're coming from. Like, I feel like, ultimately, the storyline is relatively sexist. But I see your point, too. Like, I see, I see what you're saying, too, as far as, like... Um, having a strong female lead who like knows how to handle her shit. Yeah. She like literally is slashing and hacking and doing what she's got to do to stay alive without blinking an eye. But she gets sent to hell. So like none of it was, it was all for naught. I mean, that doesn't make her not a strong woman. No, I agree. I agree. I but mean, that's what makes the story 
random earth woman versus Satan. Like, that's hard. Yes. <laughs> that's a versus tough demon goat she, person. I think she fought valiantly. She did. But that is neither here or there. I'm just saying that if we're going to start, if we're going to take issue with lighthearted horror comedies such as Drag Me to Hell, actual sex is not going to be taken seriously. But, I mean, that's just my opinion. Okay. I see that. Should we just go into the movie itself now since we've just ranted for 30 minutes about. <laughs> Yes, since we've sort of just talked about a bunch of random crap. Yeah, so, okay, so the movie starts, and not about Christine at all. Instead, we're like Pasadena, California or something in 1969, and we see a couple running up to an actual mansion. It's I'm very confused at this point already. Dude, <laughs> I'm going to stop being a vet student in all this debt and just go be a medium and rake in the big dollars. Yeah, for real. <laughs> Despite everything okay. you've said about mediums in all of our previous I, episodes. I mean, I'm recognizing decided. that I don't believe they exist. I think I could be a good medium. I think I could. Oh, I, I think you could. That is exactly A what good I'm con saying, artist yes. is what we're saying here. I want to live in that house. <laughs> so so the house is owned by this woman who we, who we then find out is a medium. Um, and this couple is bringing them their child, their young son, who... Evidently stole a silver necklace off of a gypsy wagon, which yeah, don't do that. If anything's gonna be, if anything is gonna be about like a um, socially acceptable things to say, are we talking about gypsy now? Yeah, <laughs> that one I yeah. can, that, that one I can get behind. <laughs> like okay, okay. <laughs> um, but so he stole the necklace, and the gypsy cursed him, and now he's been like hearing voices and stuff, and they're like, hey, can you please help us out? Maybe. And the medium's like, she knows something. She knows something hefty is going on right now. But she agrees. So she brings the child upstairs and they're performing like some sort of exorcism-esque ritual. Mm -hmm. And it totally doesn't work. Some sort of invisible demon slaps them all in the face, pulls the demon over the ban, pulls the child over the banister and then sucks them into hell while everyone watches. It's a good opener. I really like it. And we'll we'll bring it up later, but the medium's like looking down into hell, and she's like, "Oh, I'll we'll see each other again," which firstly implies that it's a specific demon that she's angry at. Um, but we'll talk about why maybe she doesn't really mean that. I don't know. Oh, are we talking about the fact that she makes Christine pay ten thousand dollars? Is that what we're talking about? Yeah, Fuck <laughs> we'll get <there>. this lady. <laughs> I really like her as a character, but. I don't know. I don't know if I do. Okay. Well, we we have. There's a couple of questionable things. Chris and I, we've talked a little bit about this beforehand. Chris and I have a little bit of headcanon regarding the $10,000 that we will get to later. Yeah, we I don't. Know. I don't think it's her. I don't think it's the medium. <laughs> Not the female medium. I agree. So now we're in present day LA. Mm-hmm. And we get to meet beautiful, awesome Christine Brown, who is treated like crap by her coworker, Stu. And by who is brand new at the job? He's brand new. Literally doesn't know what he's doing. He's a still being total trained. bro. Ugh. And her terrible boss, who is hiring a new assistant boss or something like that. There's a promotion yeah. going around, and he is openly discussing it between the two people who work there. Yeah, he's like, "You two are my singular two employees." He, yeah. Um, the it's between the two of you, Stu. You've been here for four days now you've <laughs> sort of gotten the ropes christine mm-hmm. i know you've worked here for literally 12 years but you know you know it's anybody's game at this point you know but like you got like <laughs> the wrong chromosomes girl yeah i just don't like it he does all like because he talks about it in front of he does everything but like have one of those fundraising thermometers to show like how well yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, he, he is the wor- so like totally true. inappropriate 
every time one of them does something right, he's like, oh, guess oh, who's that in goes the lead? in that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he sucks. And we also find out that she's not appreciated by her boyfriend. So her boyfriend is Justin Long, who appreciates her, and, and he is delightful in this whole movie. But his family He's actually perfect. He is perfect. His family, we find out, doesn't doesn't appreciate that she's from the country, specifically. Yeah, she's like a she's like a farm girl who doesn't have she doesn't have a JD, so she's basically worthless. To yeah, them. she might as well just be like hauling pig slop. That's what they think she does. They're yeah, like, for sure. She's like he's like mom. She works at a bank. Like she's a loan officer, and they're and she's like what? Kind of like Dorothy. Yeah. Is it like that? Like I'm in like they they assume that because she's from the country that she like can't play tennis or I don't know hold a conversation in English. I don't understand. Right. Yeah. And she, oh my god, I hated that part because like Christine goes to lunch and she has to go get sandwiches for her boss and Stu, which I Abs- I would you, I wouldn't have done it. Oh but my she, god, but my she blood was to. boiling. I can't believe she, she did ha- bring. Well, the sandwiches. she has to. She has to. I know, but god damn. Dude, she I and I I get it because like part of me is like, oh my god, she sucks for like bringing them sandwiches, and the other part of me is like, yeah, this is shit we have to do to keep our jobs. Like this is yeah. bullshit. Like she wasn't, yeah, like that could have kept her from getting the promotion. Literally, yeah. just not bringing her male coworker a sandwich. I thought she wasn't gonna get the promotion specifically because she forgot the spicy mayo or whatever the hell Stu asked for that he didn't ask yeah. for. Oh my god, fuck Stu. That he did not ask for. He did not ask for. But yeah, because so she goes and has lunch with her boyfriend justin long who's apparently a psychology professor at some big university mm-hmm. and as she's leaving we hear the mom call him and like they're having a f- a very personal conversation over speakerphone speaker oh yikes <laughs> and she's like oh you know there's you know that girl that you knew hundreds of years ago she just got out of law school she's in round town and i hear she's available and he's like no mom i'm bringing my girlfriend for over a year now over to dinner on saturday and she's like no but Jessica, you've got to date her. Yeah, fuck that mom. Yeah, she's awful. I mean, I grow to like her later, but fuck that mom. Yeah, for real. Mm. And important note, important note, Christine gives Justin Long, I don't know what his character's name, Christine gives Justin Long a little collector's coin that she found in circulation, and he's like a little coin collector. It's very cute and very relevant to the plot. So we'll be getting to that. Surprisingly, (laughs) somehow very relevant. Oh, my God. So... So she goes back to work. She delivers the sandwiches or whatever. And then yeah. she goes back to her job because she's a real person. Yeah. Because she's a boss, bitch. And then in comes the most adorable young, sorry, the most adorable elderly woman. I was like, who are you describing? <laughs> this haggard old witch. No <laughs> oh, what a cute young lady. <laughs> um, so in comes this, yeah, this old woman with apparently, with like one really scary eye and one very normal eye and 10 very disgusting fingernails oh my gosh and her name is sylvia ganesh and she sits down at christine's desk and is like hey i haven't paid my mortgage for months and i've had two extensions from the bank could i get a third please okay well i can tell how you're coming from this i saw it (laughs) differently i saw this little sick lady hacking balls of mucus into a handkerchief Mm mm-hmm saying i am sick and this is my house i've had forever and i can't burden my daughter and i'm mm-hmm. i'm asking for another extinction extension i'm really sorry okay i might be giving her a little more credit she was- <laughs> you you're definitely giving her a lot of credit and i don't think the movie wants you to <laughs> this is why i'm not a loan officer 
Because, like, I mean, I agree with you. But at the same time, like, you know the second you see her that she is bad news. I'd be like, houses for everyone. You'd be just like Christine. Because Christine's like, I will, she, she wants to give her the other loan, right? She does. She wants to give her the another extension. She goes and talks to her boss and is like, hey, this old woman's here. She's missed payments. Yes, but she's had a lot of medical issues. And... She's just here asking for another one. It also sounds like this woman's been making payments on this house for a very long time. I'm surprised she still has a mortgage. I know. I don't I don't know. Unclear. 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 But in any event, the boss is like, no, we can't do that. And keep in mind, like this movie. Well no, came doesn't out... say that. Doesn't say that. What? He doesn't say can't do that. I mean he says that he says that he says that we, we shouldn't give we can't just give away you know, handouts to everybody. And he just makes it very clear that it would be really good for the bank right. if we foreclosed. Right, exactly. Which is true, probably, right? In the sense, because like, keep in mind that this movie came out during the, the the huge housing market crisis. Yeah, this came out in 09. Right. And so, like, basically, like, this was an everyday occurrence for banks, right? Like, people were coming in every day and they were being foreclosed on. Yeah. Not saying that the banks were right to do that, obviously. <laughs> but, like, it just like this is just a very everyday thing that the banks are probably dealing with this idea that like oh this person came in they've had multiple extensions we're not going to give them another one because the market literally doesn't exist and we can't yeah probably gleefully so after they sold them houses they couldn't afford right yeah the bank is not the hero in this not movie. at all <laughs> Christine is the hero but so it like it does just sort of argue in Christine's favor to say no to this woman because one her boss is telling her like hey it's your job. And this, this isn't something that we can do. And Christine really feels bad about it. Like, she doesn't want to. Like, she wants to give the other extension. Yeah. But. And, and to, wait, to be clear, Christine is also no slouch at her job. So I'm going to be extra on the why I think this movie is not sexist. But basically, I can see how someone would, be, would get the impression that, oh, she's so sweet and soft because she's a woman. Mm. But let's not forget that Christine secured this amazing deal with like this in this insurance company or like this health where healthcare company or something right. for her bank, which is evidently why she's up for the promotion in the first place. Like I get the strong feeling like the boss never would have considered her if it weren't for that. No, he's like, oh right, you you work here. He's like, oh yeah, for ten years. But so we have this little moment where we see her look over at the empty assistant manager desk, and then over to the old woman. Who's like stealing mints from her desk at the, as, well, at the same time. And she's like, yeah. well, I have to choose my own career right now, you know, because it's the same thing as the sandwich, essentially. She's like, if I don't do this, I won't yeah. get prom- my promotion. So she goes back and tells yeah. um, old lady Ganesh, like, hey, we c- we cannot give you another one. And she's like, but there are other options for you. There are assisted living homes. Like, I see you have references for family. Can you live with them? Um, like, she's still trying to be a good person about it. Yeah, she is. And she's in like, it's not a, it's not a wrong call to say that, you know, you've had three extensions. Right. Like, yeah. Like, I don't think she's a bad person for doing this. Mm-mm. Right. I Regardless know. of whether it was for her promotion or not. Like, I don't think she's a bad person for saying I no. think she's a good person. Right. But so the old lady doesn't take it very well. And she starts, no. you know, begging her. And then she's like, no, get off of me. And then everyone looks. And so then the old woman's like, oh, you've shamed me in public. I'm like, well, that's a little unfair. <laughs> like, mm, I don't think that's Christine's fault. Yeah. Like you didn't. Christine didn't make you like hold and kiss her the hem of her skirt. Yeah. 
I don't know. I I expected someone who actively worships Satan to have a little bit more self-respect, but... <laughs> Anyways. Regardless. But So then she tries to attack Christine on her way out, and the security guards... Yeah, she doesn't take it well. And it's all very dramatic. But then we get to get to the car scene. Yes. The car yeah, scene. So she goes out Yay. to the parking garage. The creepiest parking garage I've ever seen. So scary. Yes. But we see a, like a very distinctive yellow car in the parking lot, which apparently... Is the same car that was used in in the Evil Dead movies. That car is actually Sam Raimi's car. It was his old car. It's like a 73 Oldsmobile. It's a yellow Oldsmobile. And he had that car. He has had it in every single film he's been involved in. Even Spider-Man? Especially (laughs) Spider-Man. Actually, I'm not sure. I want to just go back and watch (laughs) Spider-Man. And I want to find it. But I know that this is the first movie that actually someone drove the car. Like the car was pretty involved in the movie dragging witches around and things like this but so so christine looks over at this car she's like that's sketchy gonna walk faster to my car now and so she gets in her car she looks over at the other creepy car and you know that she's not safe right of course not and it was definitely one of those moments where i was just like in the back of my head like she's in the car she's like don't turn around don't turn around don't turn around don't turn around (laughs) and then boom old lady's in the back seat (laughs) yeah this is why i check you have to check the back seat of your car yeah and then q action sequence this was intense i loved it so and much. also disgusting and also hilarious y- yes and no like so i think the funny part so after like they've been racing around for a while and like the old lady gets her face smashed on the dashboard and her teeth come out and then she like latches onto christine's face and is like sucking on her face with her gums <laughs> yes correct. like i can see how that was supposed to be a comedic sequence but it was also so disgusting i couldn't appreciate it that as as funny i think it's i think it's like just a dramatic like an over-the-top moment i love this whole scene for being over the top i love that christine like fights with a stapler i love that i love That's that she very- has a stapler in her car because <laughs> she's she's a professional woman we carry our staples around <laughs> Business, staple that. Witch, staple that. Boom. Keep walking in our kitten heels. Done. And but I, I, I love liked that it. She did all of her stunts for this. And apparently, like, she was oh, actually right. being strangled at one point and like She's amazing. I love her. I hope they actually didn't did pull out th- her hair. Because she loses a lot of hair in this movie. She okay. She loses about two full weaves worth of hair <laughs> in this movie. So surely they didn't rip out her hair. Sure. But I don't know. She's a committed actress. Did you know that she doesn't watch horror movies? Good. We relate on that. <laughs> no, you don't like them. You watch them. <laughs> oh, fair enough. Fair enough. So we have this amazing car fight sequence that ends with a curse, obviously. This witch grabs a button off her coat and um, curses it. I don't know what else to say. She just curses the crap out of it. And then gives it back. Yeah, well, yeah. Like, she performs, like, some sort of ritual. She's speaking in Hungarian. Christine gets, like, sort of, like, drowsy. Like, something awful. Like, and, you know, like, oh, crap. I mean, first of all, this old lady is pretty badass to have, like, this is a very intense fight. And they've both been beaten up pretty, pretty bad. And she's like, all right, gonna curse you now. Well, yeah. Like, nothing had happened. And she may be old and frail, but she's got Satan on her side, okay? True. Or at least some of Satan's friends. She also died like 30 minutes, like 30 minutes after this fight scene. Yeah, she she did die pretty quickly after, so. <laughs> this was her last action, was to curse her. Her last hurrah. And so, I want that to be one of my last actions. Yeah. I want to just ruin someone's day. <laughs> oh, my God. 
think they're cursed. But we have Christine. Christine's like, okay, cool. Over that. That was weird. And then goes home and obviously starts getting, seeing all sorts of creepy, crappy, terrible stuff. Yeah. Like she starts realizing that there's something following her. Like there's some sort of yeah. spirit, like a shadow that's sort of like following her around. And so like at, when mm-hmm. she's like, when she gets home, like something hits her. Right. Like, like no, like, like punches her. Like yeah, that's like, not like literally hits her. Like punches her in the face. And then of course she calls the police because a demon hit her in the face. I don't know who I'd call. I guess Ghostbusters. But the police come over and they're like, honey, you have PTSD. Mm-hmm. Take an Ambien. Yeah. Everything will be fine. And I love this part because so she gets punched in the face and then she's talking talking to. So when when the when people when Justin first shows up at the house, like she's got this huge bloody lip. Like, it's all swollen right. and crusty and disgusting. And then literally the next scene, she's in bed and Justin's, like, consoling her. Like, oh, it must have been that lady. She must have gotten in the house. And, like, her lip is fine. Perfectly normal. Like, <laughs> lip gloss on. Ready to go. Oh, yeah. It's some sort of rule in horror movies and all movies that whenever it's bedtime, women look phenomenal. They look phenomenal. So doesn't matter what happened It doesn't matter that, that she just got hit in the face. Like, so all swelling goes away, mascara is applied, mm-hmm. and everything's fine. And everything's fine. And it never rubs off on your pillow. Of course not. Why would it? Because that's not makeup. That's just how you look. That's not ladylike. <laughs> it's so annoying. <laughs> it's, oh, my God. That's one thing that I would change to make this a more... Pro- the, the most progressive movie that I will see will be a movie where people go to bed and wake up looking haggard. Like real people. So she's like okay maybe it's ptsd or maybe it's a demon so she decides to go see a psychic yes so she sees a psychic who does an okay job i guess does he <laughs> so he's a, he does not a great it's job like a wind blows and she like looks over at this building with one of those like fluorescent come inside have your tarot read by a psychic signs and she's like this is legit let's go in there find out what's going on and justin's like yeah is it Okay, so she goes in, and we meet this medium person, right, mm-hmm. who, I don't know if they want us to think that he's a con artist or not. I definitely think he is. I think he is. I just can't tell if the movie wants us to think he is, you know? Because, uh... like, Justin keeps being, like, really? $60 to have a palm reading? Like, it's pretty steep. But then at the same time, like, he apparently, like, he does ultimately help Christine, I guess. And, like, he knows stuff. Not really. He doesn't Ultimately, really, Ultimately, he like, is useless. He kind of does. Ultimately, she could have just gone home and sat on the couch and watched TV for three days, and she still would have gone to hell. True. So, I'm not, <laughs> not so sure <laughs> he was helpful at all. Fair point. But he does do a little cute seance thingy for, like, five seconds, like, touches her. Oh, and did I mention this seance was, like, or not even, it's not even a seance. It's just a reading, yeah. and it's $60. $60, just for the reading. Yes. And he literally, all he does is hold her hand raises her hand sees a demon face and is like get out of my place yeah <laughs> he's like you should excuse yourself <laughs> like i can't help you and he's he's like oh I, I saw a couple walk in i thought i'd be like oh i'm gonna see you married together but instead <laughs> and ever <laughs> and then he's like there is a demon attached to you yeah. he's like this is more than i signed up for take yourself and your buttons out of here yeah and i want to ask a question okay would you ever go have you ever gone to see a psychic no would you ever go to see a psychic uh not for sixty dollars no okay so here's (laughs) the thing not for sixty dollars i would totally go to see a psychic but it would have to be the right psychic so you know like have you ever been to new orleans yeah 
So you have you've been to like the St. Louis Cathedral. Yeah. There's always like people out front reading tarot cards. Yeah. Yeah. I went up to one of them once. I'm like, yeah, totally. I'll get my tarot card read. They're like, okay, perfect. It's gonna be about eighty dollars. <laughs> eighty dollars. Like, Up yours, hippie. Like, oh I'm my not god. Doing you're that. gonna read. It. You're on this. Like literally, no. <laughs> That's ridiculous. I, absolutely not. So, so obviously, I didn't get my tarot read, and I still haven't because I'm waiting for the right one. The right person to get your fortune read from is not those people it's not the people outside the cathedral it's not the people with big fancy buildings the ones you want the real people if there ever are real mediums are the ones who live in shacks off the sides of rural highways 100 percent. i trust those people the one that is like their house or like their grandma's house but like they put a sign in the window that's fluorescent them yep no they're the I real deal they live it i do think there are there's 100% witches in New Orleans, though. Oh, New Orleans is haunted as hell. So, I mean, because, like, when I was in, when I was there, like, we went into, like, this apothecary-type shop and it was, like, full of, like, dried herbs and essential oils and, like, witchcraft memorabilia-type things. And my friend, mm-hmm. like, my friend, oh, my God. So he, like, picks up one of the bottles of essential oils. I don't know. It was, like, peppermint or some crap. And he spills some of it on accident. And the lady who works there, like, comes literally came out of nowhere. She just appeared behind a curtain of beads. And she's, like, she, like, outright curses him. She's, like, get out of my store. And then she, like, just starts, she lays a curse down on him for, for like, spilling Is he okay? You should check on him. I think he's. He's definitely, like, a goat He's He is a hunter. Christian, if you're listening, bah! Thank you. I hope you're all right. <laughs> but I agree. Like, I want, I want like, the truck stop tarot cards. That's what I want. I grew up maybe 40. I grew up. I'm not from North Carolina. I'm from Mississippi. And I grew up maybe 40 minutes away from New Orleans. And the swamp between Mississippi. Like, it's like marshes between Mississippi and New Orleans is literally filled with monsters. Guarantee it. And witches. So- <laughs> Back to Christine. So she visits this medium who's, like, probably a con artist. Next day at work um, is a very funny scene. Yes, excellent. Because, like, so she's there. And Stu's like, hey, Christine, can you, like, show me how to do this thing that I should probably know how to do if I'm going to be the manager and, like, Hey, Christine, can you, like, do my job real quick? Can you, like, do this for me? Thanks. And she's, like, having a temper with him because she's literally being chased down by a demon and her life is a tad stressful. Also, his hand turned into a witch hand. Also, that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So she flips. Having a hard so time. So she flips too. out at him because, like, she had a hallucination, or, um, had a hallucination or something where his hands turned into the witch's hands, and then she just gets a nosebleed, which starts out as like a little drip, and then literally <laughs> like fire hydrant hose out of her nose all over her boss. No, it starts coming out of her mouth then, Ugh. and her boss is like, dude. What is happening? You're making a mess in the lobby. So she tries to cover her mouth, and then it shoots out of her nostril. <laughs> and then him. he's like, is it in my mouth? Is it in my mouth? Is it in my mouth? Oh, my gosh. That was genuinely hilarious. Then she decides to go back to the medium, of course, because, you know, she's shooting blood out of all her orifices. So, but that pretty much freaks Christine out pretty thoroughly. So she decides that she's going to stop dicking around with this whole thing, and she goes to visit... Um, the old lady out of her house and be like and beg for forgiveness essentially it goes very well <laughs> they get forgiveness they undo the curse into the movie no <laughs> except not quite <laughs> not quite so she gets to the house and like some 
um, younger woman who's like obscured by shadow. Literally, you can only see a single eyeball. She's drinking a beer at like 1 p.m. Yeah, approximately. Mm-hmm. And she's like, hey, I'm here to see your grandma. We have like some stuff to talk about. And she's like, I don't think you do, though. <laughs> yeah, she's like, I don't. Okay. She's like, no, but trust me, I'm going to fix it. Everything's fine. Let me just fix it. And she's like, sure. Yeah, okay, you'll <laughs> fix it. All right. Go down and fix it. She, she comes into like this pitch black house, completely dead silent, walks into a hallway, gets grabbed by a person, and then is immediately into like this huge party full of loud people. I'm like, how did we not hear that? I don't know. Literally the room over. It is insulated in that basement or whatever they're having that funeral. And she literally like she's walking down the hallway, swept into a funeral concert. I genuinely thought it was like a like she went into some sort of time portal. Like this was like some sort of like flashback into the past or something. It was it was weird i really enjoyed right it. but it was not that it was the funeral for the old lady who she came to seek forgiveness from more of a funeral if i'm gonna say because it looked raucous and awesome it did look it did look very fun e- except for the corpse. until she tripped landed on the corpse fell to the ground the corpse vomited embalming fluid all <laughs> over her body and then proceeded like to again rip hair out of her head from a from i love it that is my favorite gag she just grabbing chunks of her hair. So basically, she is not forgiven. No. Long story short. Take away. <laughs> so she goes back to the medium and she's like, okay, it's just me and you, yeah. dude. And he's like, well, you can try sacrificing something. Yeah, he gives her like this dicky like, little what? book. He's like, I'm a vegetarian. <laughs> and he's like, okay, remember whenever you got cursed and now you're going to die in three Let's days? Let's see if you're a vegetarian by the end of day yeah. three. <laughs> So she's like, okay, maybe I'll think about it. Takes her maybe, I don't know, five movie minutes before she is stabbing her cat. Yeah. She, yeah. Well, because she gets attacked again <laughs> at her house and she gets like thrown into like her wardrobe, which shatters as she hits it. And like this whole scene was very bizarre. Like the demons coming up the stairs and you see literal like goat hooves on the other side of the wind, uh, of the other <laughs> side of the door. I'm like, I'm sorry, but who is this demon? Who is this? It's. It's the Lamia. It's the Lamia. You ignorant man. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Lamia. So she is like, okay, maybe I will sacrifice something. And of course, I thought she'd be like, go get like a chicken or something. Yeah, no, but, but the second they introduced the, the cat earlier in the movie, I'm like, that's the one that's going to die. You're going to die. It's you. Yeah, you would think she would go find something else, but no. No. She's like... Fuck you, cat. We're done. She kills her cat and then buries it in the backyard or something. I'm like, that's yeah. not how you perform a sacrifice. Like, she didn't even build, like, an no. altar or anything. Yeah, she didn't try. That's a sloppy sacrifice. I'd be offended. I'd curse her more. <laughs> You'd be so, like, offense taken. Agreed. Yeah. If I was a demon, I'm not saying I am, but if you I was a demon. Are. You just did. I know. But if I if if I was a demon and I needed a sacrifice, it would need to be, like... Over fifty pounds. Yeah. And it would there would need to be like at least three people there. Something would have to be painted gold. Yeah, you'd have to have like a bowl to collect the blood in. Yes. Like there's so much to it. I don't think she even read that book. I mean, it was in Latin, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, so like it was it would have been hard. <laughs> yeah. That's fair. That's fair. I just don't think she tried very hard. No. But the kitten's dead. She's literally burying it whenever Justin Long comes home and is like, Hey, have you seen our kitten? And she's like, no. <laughs> He's like, are you ready to go to dinner with my parents? Yeah. And she's like, oh. She's like, totes. Totally. 
She's like, are you sure? Because there's like blood all over you. She's like, she's like, I fell. It's fine. No, that's tomato juice. I'll go get dressed. (laughs) (laughs) So then she comes down like looking cute as a button dressed in this gorgeous like yellow sundress. Justin Long like pops a boner and then they go to the mom and dad's. Yeah. They go to mom and dad. Who are are loaded. Loaded. Oh, my God. Loaded. (laughs) So they show up. They look exactly like I imagined they would from that Precisely phone call. Precisely the way waspy you as hell. <laughs> and, of course, they're being judgmental and staring at her at this harvest trial. Right. She brings a cake. Like she She's like, it's a harvest cake. The nastiest looking cake I've ever and you're seen. you're like, you need the special goose eggs. And the mom's like, oh. Okay. Like, she's like, hands it to the maid, like, throw this away immediately. Yeah, exactly. She's like, oh, the, 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 the servants will love this. Yeah. Thank you so much. <laughs> We'll give this to the help. Okay. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, okay. So we have Christine is feeling a little more confident because, you know, she thinks she's not, again, thinks she's not hexed anymore. Yeah, she thinks she's done. She thinks she fixed it. And um, the parents start talking to her and are asking very awkward questions. Like, oh, do you like being a bank teller? And Oh, my gosh. (laughs) So awful. And Justin Long's like, okay, she's a loan officer, but all right. And she's like, oh, it must be so tedious to count those pennies. I don't know why I'm making her from Minnesota. She's yeah. Like, but <laughs> Interesting choice. But Christine kind of starts to stand up for herself in like a polite way. And then the woman's like, oh, your mom must be very proud. And Christine's like, well, probably not. I don't talk to her much. And she's like, oh, why? And she's like, oh, because my mom's an alcoholic. And that sold and so the I- mom. She's like, you know, you know what? You're my new best friend. Marry my son. I loved it. I really liked that because the parents were so cardboardy and flat mm-hmm. and predictable characters. Like the second I saw them, I'm like, you guys are boring. Yeah. And then they're like, she's like, oh, your mom's an alcoholic. I'm so impressed that you felt comfortable talking to me about that. My dad had a drinking problem. It's nothing to be ashamed of. High five, sister. Like, yeah. let's eat some nasty harvest cake. You yeah, rule. like her parents, like uh, not her parents, the, his parents honestly had some of the most depth out of characters in this movie. I know. You forget that they were like, can you just put away your like pig queen and go date this uh, yeah. Yale who does tennis and croquet? And now they're great. And now they're great and I love them. And I I, I wonder if Justin has a brother because they seem like an amazing family. They do. But don't worry because Christine ruins it <laughs> because guess what? She's super cursed. And she sees an eyeball in her cake. It's disgusting and I love it. And she, But I like her reaction to it. Like She could have been like, oh my God. But she just looks at it and, like, stabs it with a fork. Oh, my God. So like, gross. Fuck you, eyeball. So, yeah. So, she totally ruins that dinner date. And they're like, oh, she's troubled. And he's like, well, yeah. <laughs> so, okay, but I can't believe we did this again, though. Did we forget We something? skipped a scene. What did we skip? It was early, early on when she's in bed laying next to, <gasps> next to him. And then oh. something comes in the window. And then... Very Conjuring-esque, we see the witch lady hovering immediately over her and then vomits all over her face. Maggots. She vomits maggots maggots, all over her face. Yeah, she vomits maggots all over her face. Into her open mouth. I cannot believe we skipped that. I'm ashamed. It's a beautiful scene. It's so disgusting. (laughs) Oh, my God. It's so, so gross. But it's a little bit less gross. Um because, it, like, obviously they didn't pour actual maggots and worms onto her face. I mean, she was a pretty committed actress. I wouldn't have been too surprised. I, and it looked like it. I honestly thought they did. Turns yeah. out I mean, the maggots were actually made of pasta. Oh. And they did that really convincingly. 
So that doesn't make me okay. That doesn't make me like that scene anymore. It just makes me dislike pasta. Yeah, it makes me not want to eat pasta for a long time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's kind of cool though. Yeah, super gross though. Anyway, back to dining room. We're being haunted. Christine starts hearing hoof beats or something, and so she has a full fledged meltdown mm-hmm. and th- is throwing shit. And the parents are like, "Okay, well, you should leave, I guess. <laughs> maybe leave." <laughs> So, so she leaves. The parents are like, yeah, don't marry her anymore. We don't like her again. Just what we yeah. thought. Typical country garbage. Yeah, yeah typical schizophrenic people <laughs> from the country. Yeah, eating goose eggs. So, eating goose eggs. So Christine goes back to Ram, who's the medium con artist guy. And it's like, hey, we have got to do something about this. Like, you can't just leave me hanging here. And he's like, there's nothing I can do. But there is one person I know who might actually be able to handle it. But she doesn't come cheap. Bring me $10,000 cash. And at that point, I am sold that he's 100% a con artist. When he's like, bring me ten grand in cash. And I'm like, you are 100% a con artist. Yeah. He's like, okay, I know that you're happy. I know that you're a really vulnerable person right now. But Quiet. I know someone who can help you. For $10,000. They're amazing. <laughs> they have a personal vendetta against this demon. It's her life's work to hunt this one demon. So, do you have $10,000 in cash? Yeah. <laughs> and so I'm. <laughs> She's like, my Nigerian prince friend <laughs> can really help you out. But. <laughs> but for real, like, I'm sold at this point that he's a con artist. And she's like, well, I don't I have that so. much money, but let me try. So she goes to sell her, like. Well, first she goes back to really work, right? And she, like, puts on makeup <gasps> oh, and she, right. she tries to, like, look like a put together human being. And she goes to her boss and she's like, hey. Again, after she vomited or projectiled blood into his face. I know. <laughs> And she goes back and she's like, hey, so um, I know it's not official yet, but if I'm going to get that promotion, could I get an advance um, of $10,000? Of $10,000. And he's like, oh, no, there is no there is no promotion right now because that deal that you had put together fell through. Which is such a shitty way to manage your employees. Well, so, yeah, it's garbage, right? Because first of all, she still did all of that work. She put it together. Yeah. And we, as the audience, know that it's Stu's fault that it fell through because we watched him steal the binder off of her desk during the nosebleed scene. Yeah, Stu blows. But and also, you wouldn't even known you wouldn't even had that deal to lose if you didn't have Christine on your team. It's true. Like the like the deal wouldn't have an, wouldn't have existed. Like it could not have fallen through if she hadn't put it together single handedly. No, he's just a grumpy man, baby, and I hate yeah. him. But so that doesn't work. Obviously, she does not get ten thousand dollars. So then she goes home and, like, tries to sell all of her belongings. And so she, like, tries to find all of her jewelry, all of her, like, electronics. She goes out into this weird shed that she has and pulls, like, a pair of ice skates. Like, these are, these, this, this will do it. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, we, you're not going to reach 10 grand with this. But then we get another kind of actually funny horror scene because, like, the witch lady pops out of, like, the curtains in her shed and, like, tackles her. And, like, pushes her against this board. And then I love this part where you just see Christine, like, she looks at the witch. Then she looks over to the side. She's a rope. And then... Wait, pause. You forgot the fact that the witch is shoulder deep in Christine's mouth. <laughs> right. How can I forget? The, the witch's arm is literally in her mouth right now. Oh, my God. But she, like, follows the rope, sees an anvil hanging above. This is yes! such, like, acne. I'm like, where is the roadrunner? She's like, I knew that that would come in handy. Like, yes, good thing I tied up that anvil, which I have. 
good thing I watched Looney Tunes and I was ready for this moment. <laughs> so she cuts the rope with the ice skate, which is impressive. Yeah, she's great. And then, and then it crushes the witch, <laughs> and she vomits her, eyeballs, her eyeballs all over her eyeballs. Christine's face. Even whenever Christine wins, she doesn't. She win. doesn't win, and she's like, <laughs> and you can see it on her face afterwards. She's like, huh, yeah, <laughs> about right. Next. Okay. So So she like tries to sell her stuff. She gets like a couple grand out of it. Yeah. It's like a, it, she literally gets like five, like a stack of yeah. ones from this pawn yeah, shop. Yeah. So she's sitting at the table eating ice cream. And with, she like, uses these, it like, to buy ice cream. Petty money. Crying. <laughs> oh. And then Justin Long comes in and I love him. And he's like, hey, it's cool you had a meltdown. Like that happens. Yeah. <laughs> And I know I'm the total skeptic about all this stuff, and I think that you're hallucinating. But actually, you know what? It's bothering you a lot. I care about you, and I believe you. And so here's $10,000, which is so sweet, and I love him in that moment. It is moment, so sweet. But don't actually do that in real life. Right, because right, he thinks that, like, and he's a psychology professor, right? Like, I feel like he should know better to, like. So he should know. You know. You know, confirm their delusions. Right. But so sweet. And he's just like, he's so sweet though. He's like, what's the harm of like going to this other medium and trying to like make you feel better? And I know that like this means a lot to you. So it means a lot to me. I'm like, yeah, you know what? You rock, Justin Long. You're amazing. And then he's like, I remember, oh, by the way, I remember like the day I fell in love with you. It was such a cute scene. You're delightful. (laughs) I loved that part. And he drives her to the seance. Like, how cute. He's so sweet. I know. Ladies, get you a man who will drive you to your seances. And so they get to the mansion again. Mansion, from the I repeat. <laughs> still owns that house. Yeah, still owns that house. Pro- probably because she's getting ten grand a pop, covering her utilities or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I can't imagine how many clients she gets at those prices. But so they get inside, and she's like, t- "The so the medium from the beginning. She's an old woman now. She's talking to Christine, and she's like, yeah, you know what? Like the last time I met this demon, the Lamia." You know, I watched it drag a, a child's soul into hell, and I've been like, I've committed my life to hunting him down ever since. I'm like, and yet you charge $10,000 to do so it. So is it Visa or Amex? <laughs> I'm like, you should be doing, like, Christine should be bringing her curse to you as a favor. Okay, let me just say this one thing. I didn't see any money exchange hands between those two. No. So headcanon rom or ram the the other medium totally swindled 100 percent. no he took that money for himself he took it 100 yeah. percent. yeah no headcanon is consistent. consistent i feel exactly the same he's he's the con artist if if anything else he is the con artist because we at least get like she can't be a con artist because i mean i see demons in her house so like that's pretty good evidence for me yeah and she like actually does stuff he doesn't do anything he, he's like oh you're missing a button i guess you're demons. possessed now bye <laughs> So, but then we get to yeah. see one of the best seance scenes I've ever seen. It's so good, right? Like, I this was very well done. Like, it's well done in that, like, it's spooky, but it's also absolutely hilarious and stupid. The whole aesthetic was really, really nice for me. Like, the huge, overly glamorous room, the round table with the burning incense, chaining a goat to the table. <laughs> like, Oh, yeah. They're like, don't worry about that. Don't worry about <laughs> it. Strokes don't knife. Don't worry about it. <laughs> And, okay, I kind of, like, nerded out and totally loved the scene because Why? I don't know if you noticed, but, like, in the banister, like, above them, around the entire room is, like, this, like, gold writing, right? Did you see that? Yeah, I saw that. 
Super cool. So that's all in ancient Greek. Okay. And it's actually, if, if you read it, it's actually um, from the book of Revelation. It's, chap- it's from chapter 12 of Revelation. That means nothing to okay, me. Okay, so it's super cool because if you translate it to English. Which obviously I did while I was watching this obviously. movie. Obviously. So, so a translation of, of that text is... Um, and they co- and they conquered by the blood of the lamb. Wherefore rejoice heaven. Woe to the earth and sea. For the devil has come to you having great wrath, knowing that his time is short. That is some sick detail. That is so awesome. First of all, I cannot believe that they took the time to put that up there. And that's great. Isn't that so cool? I love I love th- I love Sam Raimi. Like he can take the time and be like. What if we put a staple on her eyelid and then like she vomits maggots? And then he can also spend a great amount of detail saying, no, I want revelations over the banister. I know you're going to see it for two seconds, but it's important to me. Right. Like he is everything. I love him. That's so great. I would never have noticed that, obviously. But yeah, so. That detail is really cool. Yeah, I nerded out hard over that. I thought that was super cool of them to to throw that in there. And the fact that the text actually like is relevant to what they were doing, I thought was really funny. I really like that you can find like I can find these random references to other horror movies and you can find a reference to the Bible in like two seconds. <laughs> literally two seconds I that if that doesn't show our juxtaposition I just don't know what will like that that's literally who we are as people you that's have actually <laughs> seen movies and know what's going on in pop culture ever and I can read ancient yeah, Greek we both have our we both <laughs> like bring things to this table <laughs> Our table is just weird and useless. <laughs> We'd make a great apocalypse team. Apocalypse team. Yes. Like, like, okay, survival time. What do we do? Okay, so I have knowledge of ancient Greece, and I have knowledge of all of the horror movies <laughs> and horror monsters. Honestly, yours sounds more useful. For- <laughs> it doesn't, though. <laughs> it doesn't at all. Oh, my gosh. We're screwed. I'm just saying, if this was the Oregon Trail... We would not get picked for the wagon. No, we would both get dysentery on the way down. We would get dysentery and die. <laughs> I love that game, though. Of course. We- Join us for our Oregon trip. <laughs> I'm just kidding. We can't do it. <laughs> Anyways, so the seance is happening, and it's it's lit. It is happening. Like, super, super good. And I like it because, like, it sort of hits its climax. And, I mean, so Christine is doing that thing where she's like, like reciting like i invite the demon into my body or whatever i'm like that seems like the wrong thing to say at a seance am i wrong that seems like the opposite of what you should do right like invite them into your space right because that's what a seance is but into your into you into no like but my soul's in yeah there. <laughs> i need to, but i, I need want that, that. <laughs> i need that that's for me and especially at that moment when i where i'm kind of in my head like maybe this, maybe they're full of crap. Maybe this is a con. Yeah, maybe they're just going to like possess her and then kill her. Yeah, I'm like, is this a grift? Like, yeah. what's <laughs> like? And then they're like, okay, plan. but real quick, we'll can possess you just her with say the demon, we'll kill her and we'll get ten thousand dollars out of it? <laughs> like, it's it's a golden plan, man. But that's not what happens. But that's not what happens. Obviously, the goat comes into play hard, even better than anticipated. Right. Okay, well, so, but before the Lamia shows up, right, like, all those other ghosts show up. Oh, yeah. All, like, the ghosts that were like, you mean me? And they're like, not you. Yeah. <laughs> but, it, so, like, I don't I don't know which one he was, but apparently um, Sam Raimi 
is one of those spirits. What? Shut up. Yeah, he, he like pulls a cameo. Yeah. I love this guy. I don't actually know which one he is. And I tried to go back and decide, but I couldn't tell. I hope he's like that woman who just has the parasol. I hope yeah, I really, hope, I really <laughs> hope so. But yeah, apparently he's in that scene. Go him. But so then, yeah. So then the CGI goat comes into play. Absolutely amazing. The Lamia like possesses the old lady medium first. Then it possesses the goat who starts just shouting profanities oh yeah you whore you You bitch i'm sorry but that is that can only be taken as comedy i know (laughs) i was i was watching this with nick and he's like so is this like a horror horror i'm like no 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 it's not i definitely know people who watch this movie and were like that's stupid that's not even scary like that's something i hear all the time whenever i'm like oh i love this horror movie that's not even scary and it's like Bitch, I know that. It's not supposed to be. Did you not see the goat? Did you not see the guy vomit up a whole cat? Like, of course it's not. (laughs) That that was not what they were going for here. No. (laughs) You're not brave for not being scared by this. No. Like, so, and yeah, like, although I will say, not these parts. I wasn't scared by these, but. Okay, jump scares are in full force. There are a lot of jump scares in this movie, and they all got me, essentially. They're all really good jump scares, but like you can go to bed at night feeling fine. Yeah, that's true. But the jump scares got me. So I was actually pretty, I got pretty spooked during this movie. (laughs) Classic. But we do get to see, so we have like the guy gets possessed, like the the helper person, and he's like doing a little jig on the table. He's like, I don't want this and spits out the cat. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Which doesn't sound like it'd be funny, but it's pretty funny. Mm -hmm. And then um, in her like last ditch effort, that medium is able to banish the Lamia from the table. Right. And Christine's like, great, we did it. The Lamia's gone. We did it. Yeah. I'm cured. And the medium's like, nothing, because I'm dead. Yeah, she dies. <laughs> yeah. So that's great. And Christine cares maybe a tiny bit, but not much. Well, and Ram doesn't seem to care at all. <laughs> well, because he's a piece of crap. Like, she seems more concerned than he was. Yeah, like, weren't you guys colleagues? Yeah. Like, okay. He's like, oh, sweet. Now I don't got to split that 10K. Yeah, really, though. Win and win. But... Don't worry, Christine, because we get out and then Ram's like, oh, yeah, no, sorry. You're still like hella haunted. Yeah. <laughs> She's like already like spiked the football, like doing her little in-game dance. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, oh, just one quick second. You're still cursed. Yeah. And the only one that could help you is now dead. We've accomplished nothing. So that's nice. We didn't kill <laughs> the goat. Like one step so back. <laughs> we're back to square one. But he's like, also, life hack. You could have gotten rid of this curse days ago. <laughs> Just by giving yeah. your button to somebody. And she's like, oh, my God, why didn't you tell me that a long time ago? And he's like, "Um, that's kind of mean, Christine. That's bad, Christine. <laughs> <laughs> and so, like, that is, like, that's his singular ideal. redeeming factor in this movie is that he didn't want to do that to yeah. someone else. <laughs> Christine's like, well, why didn't you? D- I would have given everyone gets a button. Yeah. I'd, give every- I'd curse everyone. I would have given you the button. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so he's like, okay, well, go find someone mean, I guess. And then he just leaves. Oh, my God. And so I love her solution, though. <laughs> Because, like, well, so then her and Justin are driving again. And Justin's like, everything's fine now, right? Yeah. And she's like, oh, yeah. yeah it's everything's fine. great. <laughs> and then they have to slam on the brakes. And her button lands on the floor and gets covered with papers. Important plot point. That tricked me. It, like, did and didn't. Like, I knew that that was what yes. they were going to do. But then. Did you know it was the quarter? Because I forgot about the quarter. I completely forgot about the quarter. Okay. So, like, I was like, oh, this is obviously a twisty part. I thought the button was just gone. And she's like, oh, my God, where is it? And then she pulls it out. And I thought it was going to just be an envelope with, like, I don't know, title and registration in it. Right. But it shows the little 
circular right, outline. Right, so you think she has it right. Yeah, that's the part that tricks me, too. I'm like, oh, no, I guess she Ramey, did get it. Ramey, you tricky, tricky man. And I'm like, okay, I feel better, but I don't feel all the way better. No. But it looks okay, so continue. Right. <laughs> and so her solution is to go to a diner in the middle of the night yeah. and just scope people out and yeah. decide who she's going to send to hell. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I, I, I love watching her think about it because she's just getting less and less picky as it as it goes on it's true she like called Stu. obviously she called Stu. oh no she didn't call Stu yet did well she? she looks at everyone in the in the diner and she's like oh no they have a yeah. family oh no they have yeah. a significant other she like threatens the waitress she's like you know what if you don't give me my goddamn coffee i'm gonna give you a tip you won't forget i picked that as the intro to this episode by the way i love it <laughs> And then, and then she looks at this old man sitting in the corner with an oh, oxygen yeah. tank, and she's like, "Oh, yeah. perfect! He's gonna die anyways." Well, also that I think that was the guy who like was like, "You're gonna burn in hell!" Whenever they almost no, hit I him. think it's a different guy because the guy who like yells at them was wearing red, and the guy in the diner is wearing green. I swear, I think it's that guy. I think they're different people. Aren't they both wearing red tracksuits? No, I, they totally I don't are. Think, I don't. Well, it doesn't matter. Anyways, we'll we'll reevaluate that, but I don't. I think that it's a different guy. Yeah. But then, like this old his like. His like oh. wife brings him a piece of pie and she's like, ah, I can't oh, stand him. Oh, and it's now. like the best thing ever. They're like, oh, pie. Oh my god. And I'm like, Christine, don't you fucking dare. <laughs> you let them eat their pie. But also, just like, yeah, he's gonna die anyways because he's old. But he might. It, there's no guarantee he's going to hell. You can't just get the, yeah. Like sending him to hell is not it's the same different. thing as just like killing him. I don't know if she had some image in her head that she was going to just peacefully pass. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but Lamia was gonna come and be like, "Okay, Time to go. Like, get in the horse and carriage. Yeah, <laughs> gonna go now. Is the AC okay? Right. Like, but so she doesn't do that. So she calls Stu. I'm like, yes, saw this coming. Yeah, excellent. And then she like calls Stu out for all he does, and then he starts crying. Damn it. Which would not have worked with me, by the way, Stu. Would not have worked. <laughs> But it totally works on her. She's like, gosh, darn it. Because she's like ultimately just like a, a good, good person, person, right? Like she can't she is. knowingly send someone to hell. No, I'd be like too late, Stu. But then she sees the obituary for the old lady and she's like, brilliant. I'll just give it back to her. Yeah. And you get that. <laughs> you get the moment of her talking to Rami or Ram. And he's like, yeah. I mean, I guess maybe you could gift it to the dead. And then it just smash cuts to her frantically <laughs> driving to the graveyard. <laughs> And we get this awesome scene of her digging up the body and being like, ha, you old bitch. I loved how over to the top this entire thing was. Yeah. So she so she digs her up and she's like, take your button back and tries to shove it in her mouth. <laughs> old dead lady proceeds to pull out more of her hair. More of her hair. <laughs> and I love that she like acknowledges that. She's like, that's the last of my hair you're going to get. You old bitch. <laughs> so she shoves the button in. She's done. She's like, I formally give this to you. She tries to make a graceful exit. Unsuccessful. I don't know. It's like technically raining out. Flashlight. And the grave is filling with water. <laughs> <laughs> this is one of my favorite. Like, I actually laughed at this scene. Was her like trying to scramble her way up this like muddy incline. And then the water's getting higher and higher. And you just see this old lady like, bob up <laughs> around the I'm like grabbing onto her. Yes, like I love it. And then, and then she gets bonked unconscious with a falling crucifix. Her skull would have been like in her stomach. Did you see how heavy that thing she was? She hundred percent would have died. So dead, but she's, she's fine. She's not dying today. Not even a bump on her head. No, she climbs out and she's like, "Victory screech!" Yeah, did it. She did it. And then, of course, we go to the clean, beautiful ending that all horror movies have. Yes. We're at the train station. Yeah. The sun is shining. 
everything is she great. She gets a call from her boss yes. saying that the, the promotion is hers. And also, Stu is stupid anyway. Yeah. And everything's perfect. Yeah. And she sees this beautiful coat. It's like a powder blue coat in the window. Buys it. She goes and meets her fiance. And <laughs> the fiance's like, hey, uh, I think you must have dropped this in my car the other night. Oh! It just holds out the button. She's like, yeah. Great. <laughs> yeah, that's mine. Yeah, that's, that's that's how this would end. He's like, hey, you haven't seen my quarter by chance, have you? I love it. And so then she backs up, falls into in front of the trains, and then gets dragged to hell. Yeah, literally. Yeah. All in front of Justin Long. I love his performance in that scene, too. Like, his he performance is, is great. Devastated and shocked. I mean, you would be, but yeah, well, yeah. you don't think much about Justin Long as a very strong, dramatic actor, but I thought he did a really awesome job. And it almost, I almost can't laugh because he's so sad. And then it's just like, drag me to hell credits. Yeah. I'm like, okay, that was awesome. Yeah, I, I don't know. He, I thought he did really, really well. I love him anyway. So he could have done, he could have like, farted on her dead body <laughs> Justin Long you're so good oh okay but that's this movie and I just want to say that I love this movie yeah, that's, dra- that's dragged me to hell I think it's a work of art I I, don't, I wouldn't go so far it is you know what I don't even have to argue this one with you because critically you're in the minority what usually Ever. it's not that way <laughs> usually it's not you're right usually it's like me and the critic being like this movie's garbage and you're like oh my god <laughs> the script was poetry <laughs> Da Vinci himself painted the backsplash. (laughs) Okay, so where are we going to rank this? Scoreboard. What does our scoreboard look like right now? Scoreboard right now has The Conjuring as number one. Where it will stay for a very long time. Agreed. Followed by Hereditary, Scream, Creep, Insidious, Nightmare on Elm Street, The Strangers, The Exorcist, Idle Hands, Paranormal Activity, and Halloween at the bottom. Sorry, not sorry. It's going to stay there. So I'm going to say... Drag Me to Hell should go. I would I would almost tie it with Creep. So I'm not sure if it should go above or below Creep. Oh, I think it should go below Creep then. Because, mm. I don't know. I, I see why you like this movie. And I do like a lot of the stuff in it. But I think a lot of the things don't mean as much to me. Like, I think a lot of the Easter eggs in this movie are about um, Evil Dead, which I haven't seen. So I don't care about them as much. Not really. I don't know. There, there were definitely like mistakes that happened in this movie that like we talked a little bit about and like I don't know I think Creep was more eloquent eloquently done. Well, Creep was also much simpler. Yeah, so they had less to work with. They had less to entertain with. Yeah, but they also had less to do. They had no goats shouting profanity to keep me interested. Yeah, I know, and that's why I think that Drag Me to Hell <laughs> is obviously gonna go higher. I don't know that. Okay, think about. The seance scene and how it made you feel in your heart. Okay. Think about, picture the goat. Close your eyes. Picture the goat. Okay, eyes are closed. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you are. You bitch. <laughs> no, I think it's worse than creep. I think creep should go above it. Uh, okay. Here. Okay. Hear me out. I will allow you. What? I, allow. I will allow you to slot, drag me to hell, below creep, but... We are going to have a reconsideration of where you made me put idle hands because I'm upset about it and I don't like putting things above it. Okay. <laughs> Kate, this is ridiculous. We already ranked this one below creep. I don't care. I don't care. It was only episode like two. I was much more forgiving then. And we've put things above it that I don't think should be above it. That don't deserve to be. Okay. Like what? Okay. What is between idle hands and creep right now? 
um, a crap ton. Insidious, Nightmare on Elm Street, Strangers, Exorcist. I had a, I put Idle Hands above all of those. I would not put it above Insidious. I will let it go below Insidious, but no lower. <laughs> so, but above Strangers, Exorcist, and Nightmare? Absolutely, yes. Mm. But you only like it because it's a bad movie. No, I don't <laughs> think it's a bad movie. I think it's an unappreciated movie. But the things that are so funny about it are like the things that are just bad. No, the writing is hilarious. It's bad. That's why it's funny. The story is hilarious. <laughs> no, it's not. It's not funny because it's bad. It's a comedy. It's a funny movie. It's not like The Room. Kate loves Jessica Alba's lyrics. That's what it's really about. She thinks that they are true art. Creep, Drag <laughs> Me to Hell, Insidious, <laughs> Idle Hands. Fine. Yes. <laughs> Yes. If anything, just to, like end this already. I know. Well, that's why that's what I did with Idle Hands, and it has kept me awake at night. Oh my god, you're out of control. I know, but but I won. Like now that you've coerced for two, I'm pulling hard next time. All right, I can't wait. We'll update the scoreboard um, with both of those changes, apparently. Um, and if you want to see the yes. scoreboard, or if you want to give us commentary about it, it is nightlighthorrormovieclub.tumblr.com, and we also post show notes for all of our episodes there. So if you want to know what an episode's going to be about before you listen to it. Uh, feel Without free to, committing to one and a half hours. Right. Feel free to um, read those. Also, if you're interested in joining our club, it's so easy. We don't have dues. No dues. You can go to the meetings in your car or at the gym or wherever you want. And it's really easy. You just subscribe to your podcast, this podcast, wherever you subscribe to podcasts. And we'll do this every single week. And you can join us as club members. And you can also talk to us and argue with us and send us hate mail on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. And we're going to be doing this stuff all week long, not just on our weekly meetings. Yeah. And if you enjoy this podcast, hopefully that means there are others out there like you who will also enjoy it. And you can help them find it by leaving us a rating and commenting on iTunes and et cetera. So it it makes it so that people can find the show more easily. And so you'll feel good about it and we'll feel good about it. And the club will do better. Yay. Do it for the club. And next week we are going to be talking about Mike Flanagan's oculus i've never heard of i think is a, well <laughs> duh, but <laughs> but i think it's a phenomenal movie we i, I actually let our friend or we have a mutual friend ariana i let her pick it for this week oh god so we have at least one other person <laughs> we have friends movie. people it's re, it's we true. have friends <laughs> if there's a movie though that we're not covering that you really really want us to cover feel free to just Drop us a line. Our email is nightlighthorrormovieclub at gmail.com. Or you can DM on DM us on any of our social medias, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, etc. Etc. And I guess that's it. So that concludes our weekly meeting. And we will see you guys next time. See ya. Bye.